Our scripture for today comes from the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Carrying heavy burdens, weariness. It was the summer between the end of my college and the beginning of seminary, and I needed to earn money to pay for my tuition at Southern Seminary and had to work really hard all summer long, and it turns out a lumber yard just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was working with a guy by the name of Tiny. Tiny was a paradoxical name because this guy wasn't tiny. He was 6'5", 240 pounds. It turns out he had gone to a rival high school, East Ridge, had played football there as defensive end, and I played quarterback for Red Bank High School. And so, of course, we hated each other and had to work together. We actually ended up uh, getting along fine, enjoying each other, but I felt a real sense of competition with Tiny because... As a 6'5", 240-pound guy, he could carry huge amounts of weight. Uh, we were paired together often. He would drive the truck. I would sit in the front seat. And we would have to deliver this lumber to construction sites and houses that were being built. So Tiny would carry in these giant piles of 2x12s uh, two two stacked up, uh, 10 feet long, and... Uh, huge burdens. And so I didn't want to feel left out or like I wasn't pulling my weight. So I would try to keep up with Tiny and I would carry sheetrock and particle board and plywood and these large amounts of lumber. And at the end of every day, I would be exhausted. We would be in the hot sun and a hot summer all day long, every day during the week, all summer long. By the end of the summer, I was Bent. I was just completely exhausted to the point where it took me about a week to recover from the work that I had done during that, that summertime. And I came to a whole new realization of the word weariness and burden. Well, some of you are very much aware, painfully aware, of the nature of weariness and what a burden feels like. Repeatedly, many of you have dealt with things in your lives that have been very hard. And we know that life is difficult. It can be exceedingly tough, whether it's caring for people in our family or caring for ourselves, dealing with ill health, dealing with anxieties, struggling with the pandemic we're a part of or the social unrest we're painfully aware of. All these things tend to weigh on us and can really add up to significant burdens and tremendous weariness. We have weariness that is certainly physical, but we also have weariness that is emotional and spiritual and mental. And we are just exhausted. 
we are having that compounded by right now the sense of loneliness and isolation that so many feel as we're still trying to figure out how do we do this this social distancing and separation required for the current days that we're a part of. This is a hard time. And in spite of the fact that, that life itself can be difficult, when you add that to the unknowns and the uncertainties and the anxieties of trying to deal with newfound issues, it can be terribly disconcerting and terribly tiring and incredibly wearying. So these words that Jesus speaks in this 11th chapter of Matthew really are, are poignant for today and fall on eager hearts and minds and ears ready to have a good word. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It's a way of, of really, in a sense, having a tremendous relief in the recognition that maybe I don't have to do all this on my own. Maybe I'm not as alone as I feel. Maybe my weariness can be in some way healed by something beyond myself. Jesus uses this illustration of a yoke and this, this kind of ancient tool where oxen, a team of oxen, sometimes two, sometimes four, would be teamed together, pulled together and yoked together with these big pieces of wood that would allow them to really develop a kind of a sense of team where uh, an ox with just one yoke can often, it is said, pull twice his weight. But then more than one ox together can share in that burden and even double further the, the load that can be borne and pulled forward. What Jesus is very much aware of in his day and translating into our day is Jesus saying, let me help you carry your burden. It's in a way a, a very spiritual, emotional mental and physical relief to recognize, I, I don't have to do this on my own. There is something, there is someone beyond me that can offer me a sense of hope and release and relief. There's more too, though. It's not just a sense of, of lifting the burden or having the burden shared. It's also interesting that Jesus says, take my yoke on you. So, Jesus is offering to, to take away, lift our burdens, but offer us the opportunity to share in something more. If you've been a part of an experience where you were doing something physically taxing, like, for example, working in a garden or working on a project, and there was physical weariness associated with what you were doing, you also felt like the weariness had a purpose. There was something you were excited about, something you were building, something you were doing, something you were preparing that was, was actually going to have beauty associated with it or meaning attached to it. In a way, this is what Jesus seems to be saying. It's not only uh, Jesus lifting our burdens and helping us carry the difficulties of life that we're trying to struggle with, 
but adding a sense of purpose and meaning to what it is we're dealing with. It's not just that we're now lonely for the fact that we're by ourselves, but suddenly we have something and someone and a purpose to work for and with. This idea of take my yoke upon you and let's pull this thing together. Let's make this life much more meaningful than it is currently. The rabbis actually talked about the law as the yoke of the law. And it wasn't a negative thing at all. It wasn't a burden. It was the sense of partnership that we, we yoke ourselves to God's law in that it is something that gives us a sense of hope and purpose and structure and boundary and meaning. It wasn't negative at all. And so what Jesus is, is saying is, out of that rabbinical tradition, take my yoke upon you. That is, let's, let's participate together in, in something that, that has structure to it, that has boundaries with it, but also that is something incredibly purposeful and meaningful and hopeful and good and right. Let's pull together in a common direction that is beautiful and exceptionally meaningful for you and for those around you. Let's yoke together as yoke fellows working for common purpose with Jesus. Jesus lifts our burdens, Jesus heals our weariness, and Jesus gives us something to work for and towards. As a part of this experience of, of giving us a sense of yokeness, of joining together in something hopeful and meaningful, Jesus also reminds us that, as we mentioned last week, when we call ourselves Christians, we are saying, as, as a Christian, I am a little Christ, the literal meaning of that term, or a disciple of Jesus, one who is in the process of continuing to learn. Jesus says, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of spirit. So our lives then are, are lifted and, and given hope. Our burdens are taken away from us. We are sharing in a yoke that gives us a sense of direction and hope and meaning and purpose. And we're reminded that in doing so, as we learn and grow and and move in the direction Jesus calls us to, we do it with a sense of humility and gentleness. We're reminded further on this first Sunday of July, this July 4th weekend, that in addition to Jesus lifting our burdens and healing our weariness, in addition to Jesus giving us a direction and a sense of hope and meaning and purpose, we also get to share in this, the beautiful body of Christ. We are a part of something so much bigger and more beautiful than just us. Our loneliness then is healed. We are offered a, a participation in something broader and bigger and better than anything we can ever do on our own. As a reminder of that, Jesus gathered together his disciples and as the New Testament church began to realize from this initial Lord's Supper that Jesus shared the night before he died, church history and the early church 
called on all believers everywhere to share in this communion, that is, what they shared in common, the body of Christ and the cup of Christ and the shedding of Jesus' blood on their behalf. It's also known as the Lord's Supper, and it's known as Eucharist. Let's talk about that word for just a moment as we prepare ourselves for sharing in the beautiful body of Christ and sharing in the Lord's Supper. Some traditions call it Eucharist. Every now and then in Baptist life, you hear that word, but it's very common in the Catholic tradition, Episcopal tradition, Lutheran tradition, and, and other Protestant traditions. The Eucharist is the sharing of the Lord's Supper, and it's a very specific, very important word that comes right out of the Greek language that was in the early church. The word Eucharist is two Greek words put together. U and karis. U, E-U, simply means good. Karis means grace. So when we share in the Eucharist together, we are sharing in the good grace that Jesus gives for us, offers to us. It is the gift of God in Jesus, the good grace of God through Jesus, Eucharist. But it literally means, so it's these two words put together, good and kadis, good and grace. But it means in the, in the context of the language Greek, when a person says, ukorizo, it, it meant that I give thanks for what I have received. I'm receiving something that, that I cannot fully account for. It is a good grace that I can never fully pay for or earn. It is this free gift of God that I cannot explain, but I can fully participate in. And therefore, I give thanks from the bottom of my heart. Ukarizo, I give thanks for what I am receiving, the good grace of Jesus. When we share in the Lord's Supper, when we share in Eucharist, we hear these words that echo through time and across the churches, across our world, where Christians together share in this remarkable event, where we're reminded that Jesus, the night before he died, took an unleavened piece of bread that was a reminder of the Exodus experience, the liberation from slavery, echoing in our time as a reminder of this unleavened bread that liberates us from the power of sin. And through the gift of Jesus and the beautiful body of Christ, Jesus says, this I give to you. This is my body broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. This to empower you, to remind you, to give you the strength you need now and every day. Do this as you remember me the beautiful body of Christ. In the same way, on that same night, Jesus raised before his friends, those disciples gathered in that upper room. This is the cup of Christ, Jesus said, the new covenant in my blood. This also do as you remember me. The Eucharist, the good grace of Christ. Brothers and sisters, as you share now, in the body of Christ, in the cup of Christ. May you do so recognizing your burdens being lifted, your yoke being shared, the good, gracious calling that Jesus gives to us 
for a deeper, more meaningful experience in our lives. For all that God has done for us and the good grace that God gives to us through Jesus in the beautiful body of Christ. Thanks be to God.